Um, Laura and I and our family have been away for a couple of weeks since Easter. Her dad passed away on the Gold Coast um, after a, a few years of battling with motor neuron disease. So it was expected as a sense of relief, but still sad. I know a number of you knew we were away and were praying for us, and we really appreciate your prayer and your support for our family. And also to um, the many people that stepped into gaps that we left behind at short notice, well, you know, maybe one of the things that the kids, kids were doing in their roles, uh, and also the things that Laura and I do up front. Thank you for that. Um, in particular, Kate and Jaira kicked off our Jesus Stories series. So after Easter, we've jumped back into the life of Jesus to hear from him and learn from him about what he did. You know, what does that say to us about who God is and what can we learn for our own lives as well? And it may come a surprise to you that food and sleep are important to Jesus. So in Mark chapter 6, in verse 31, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, to the apostles, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. I've heard people in my life say a very similar thing before, to say, you know, I, I was so busy, I didn't have time to eat. Or I was so focused, I forgot to eat. I was having so much fun, I didn't even think about eating. This has never, ever happened to me. <laughs> like I hear you say these things, I believe that it's true, but every time I just think, wow, I, don't, I have never, ever, ever in my life accidentally missed a meal. Never. So I, for, for people like me, I don't need a reminder from Jesus to eat. It's not really for spiritual reasons that I eat every meal. It just it never leaves my mind, the idea that I will need to eat very, very soon. Uh, but for those of you who are more like Jesus or more like his apostles, maybe today you need a reminder from him to prioritize eating and prioritize rest. You know, it's just some very, very basic universal truths here that Jesus is demonstrating for his disciples and also demonstrates for us as well, that if you're busy, if you're stressed, if there's many people coming and going from your life, if you're feeling down, if you're struggling or discouraged, food and rest are vital for your health and for your recovery. So today, in particular, like, like right now, you know, we're right at the beginning of the message. I'll share a few other things from here. But, but maybe this is the only thing that you need to hear today, and it's from the life and the words of Jesus. That if, if in particular you're struggling today, and you might be feeling on the edge today, you might have been holding it together for a while now, but, but you're just, you know, it's just your fingernails holding on now before you unleash on someone or before you explode at someone. And my encouragement to you today is keep holding on. But when we finish, go home and have a really good meal. And make sure you go to bed early. And then in the morning, when you wake up, just think and pray about your plans and your life again. Really, really simple. Jesus said, hey, you guys have been really flat out. There's lots of people coming and going. Come away for a while. Come and let's rest. Let's get something to eat because there's been so many people here. So let's keep reading. This is Mark's account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. It begins in that way, but his plans are thwarted. 
So it says in verse 32, it'll be on the screen, follow along, even if you may have heard this story before. It says, so they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone, but many people recognized them and saw them leaving and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what? They asked. We'd have to work for months to buy enough money, to earn enough money to buy food for all of these people. How much bread do you have? He asked, go and find out. And so they went and they came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. And then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So, he, uh, so they sat down in groups of 50 or 100 and Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up towards heaven and he blessed them. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. And he also divided the fish for everyone to share, and they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover fish and bread. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Now, this is the kind of Jesus story that our kids get to hear often in Lakes Kids. Because it's an easy story to tell and it's an amazing miracle, but it's not just a Bible story for kids. It's a Bible story for all of us. And it didn't start as a Bible story. It just started as one afternoon on the beach with a big group of hungry people in a remote place. And Jesus miraculously provided enough food for all of them, 5,000 men and their families to eat until they were full. And then all of those people, the 5,000 plus and the disciples would have told other people what had happened. You never believe what happened last week on whatever afternoon, what happened when there was just a little bit of food and we all ate. You'll never believe it. And they would have told this person, told that person and word would have got around until way more than 5,000 people knew about what had happened that afternoon. And then Mark and some of the other followers of Jesus wrote down what had happened. It was an incredible miracle and that's how it started. And they wrote it down so that we could still learn from it today. So let's dig into a few interesting things a bit closer from that afternoon. Jesus' plan to give his disciples a break didn't work. The Sea of Galilee was pretty small. The boat that they had would have been pretty small. But I was trying to think of maybe a similar analogy. It'd be like, you know, you're, you're at Palm Cove and you spot Jesus and his disciples. You recognize them. They're like, hey, that's, that's Jesus and his guys. And they're getting in that boat and they start motoring out and they head north. And you think, I wonder where they could be headed. Like it's only a small boat. They're probably not going all the way to Port Douglas. I reckon they're going to Ellis Beach. Hey, everyone, let's go to Ellis Beach and we'll see if we can meet them there. So you jump in your car and phew, You drive up the highway and you beat them there. You're like there on the beach as they motor in. And you can see the disciples' face fall like, oh, oh, they figured it out. Like paparazzi, celebrity hunting us. It was something like that, but with walking and running, not driving, and with sailing and rowing, not motoring in a boat. And then the first miracle occurs. The first incredible thing in this story is not that Jesus saw hungry people and fed them. It's that Jesus saw desperate people 
and he spoke to them. Now, what would, what would Jesus see? What kind of people would Jesus see if he walked in through those doors right now, came up here on stage and just stood here on stage and, and looked out at all of you? What kind of people would Jesus see? On the beach that day, he saw people who were like sheep that didn't have a shepherd. People who were lost. People who needed care. People who needed guidance. People with broken legs. People with thorns and brambles and vines stuck to their fur. People who'd been chased and attacked by wild animals. People who were at each other. And I wonder if Jesus walked in and, and climbed up here and looked out if he'd see any people like that today. People like sheep without a shepherd. I'd like to be one of those people. I'd like to be one of those people that Jesus looked out and saw that I was like a sheep without a shepherd. I want to be a person in need of Jesus' compassion today. And I want you to be a person in need of Jesus' compassion today. Because these are the kinds of people that attract his attention. These are the kind of people that Jesus is on the lookout for. They know they need him. Because the opposite is that Jesus looks out and he sees people who are fine. We're, we're okay. We don't, we're all sorted. Everything's in control. I'm helping myself. It's okay, I don't, I don't need anything from you today, Jesus, as you look out. And, and it's true that Jesus wants you and I to grow in strength and in stability and in character so that we can help others, but we never, ever outgrow his compassion and his care. I was talking with a friend this week who's going through a particularly tough time, a, a big surprise and a really difficult time in his life. And he is in need of Jesus' compassion. And he's asked for it and he's received it. But the surprising thing he said to me is that he's also really appreciated being loved and cared for by family and friends around him. It's something he didn't expect. It's something he didn't know he needed. Pretty self-sufficient kind of guy. But he's really appreciated that in this time of his life, he's so in need, not just of Jesus' compassion, but the compassion of other people. And we all need that. We are not okay on our own, not, not all the time. And when we can be honest enough to share that with Jesus and share that with each other, we open our hearts to receive compassion. But Jesus didn't start by handing out food. Like that's the way that I remember the story. He looked out and he saw people like sheep without a shepherd and it was late in the day. So he said, Let, where's some food? And he started handing out food. But that's not what he did. Remember the story. He began teaching them. Many people from many towns and Jesus taught them many things. Why? Well, it's because as Jesus himself quoted at another time in his life from Deuteronomy chapter 8, Jesus said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, a good meal and a lie down can work wonders. But if you're really in a tough place, you're going to need a lot more than that. And Jesus gave the people what they really needed, words from the mouth of God. 
Jesus, the Son of God, God in human form, spoke to them. This is the word and the words of God that they're hearing that afternoon on the beach. His words are life-changing. Still today, when we read the words of Jesus, they bring conviction, they bring hope, they bring courage, they bring challenge. And Jesus said another time, he said, the Spirit alone gives eternal life. You know, human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The words of Jesus are spirit and life. And we have them written down for us to read any time we want, the very words of God. And also, we have the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to send the Spirit. And one of the things that the Spirit will do will remind you of all the things that I've said and also will speak to you about other things I haven't had time to teach you. And so we don't just have the written words of God through Jesus' mouth that we can read. We also have the voice of the Holy Spirit who can speak into our hearts, into our minds, about our lives. And we need those things. So let me speak again to the person today, and and I don't know who you are or how many of you there are today, but you're on the verge of making a big, drastic decision. And it could be about unloading, unleashing, exploding on someone, or it might be about a massive life change, but, but you are reacting. You're not thinking through intentionally and going, I'm going to now change direction or I'm going to now speak up and I'm now going to be assertive. You're not being intentional about that. You're being reactive. You're on the edge, barely holding on. You can check where your heart is at. By when we finish today, go home, have a big meal, finish all the food on your plate, eat until your stomach is full and then go to bed early tonight. And when you wake up in the morning, Immerse yourself, fill your head with the words of Jesus. Read again some of the things that Jesus said as the very words of God and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you with his words, his voice about what's going on in your life, what it means for you to follow Jesus today. So back to our story, Jesus had compassion and he taught them, but that wasn't all that they needed. So late in the afternoon, Jesus said to his disciples, well, you feed them. And the disciples gasped, us feed them. You know, we we would have to work for ages to to get enough money to buy the food. And and it it wasn't them saying, you know, it would cost us too much. Now, if I decided today, hey, I'm going to preach for several more hours, but don't worry, I'll buy you dinner late this afternoon. I reckon I could manage that. Like I reckon I could crack my kids' piggy banks open. And I could raid their savings accounts online and I could use any money that I've saved up and I could remortgage my home loan and I could max out my credit cards and you could all eat until your stomachs were full and we could collect up baskets of the leftover food. I reckon I could do that. That's not what the disciples were saying. The disciples were saying we would have to start working today and we would have to work for months until we had earned enough money to then buy the food that all of these people would need. It's literally impossible. And Jesus says, well, well, what have you got? Go find out. Okay, all right. Now, in other versions of this story, you may recall a small boy has brought lunch. He's the one with the five and the two. Mark doesn't include that detail. Mark moves way quicker 
than the other writers of the Gospels. It leaves lots of small details out. Mark is always on the go in his Gospel. He just says they came back and they had five loaves and two fish small. Like it's, it's not a lot. It's not loaves of bread. It's, you know, like small loaves, small fish. Now, if I was Jesus, I would have completely given up at that point. Like completely. If they came back to me and they said, we have 500 loaves and 200 fish, I still would have given up. But they just said, we've got five and two. And Jesus says, okay, organize people into groups. And I, I can't imagine being a disciple that day. Like, going, oh, well, there's, he's going to send them home now. All we've got is this. And then now we have to organize the people. Um, side note, just random thing popped in my head. We were at the Esplanade yesterday and we had, um, for a kid's party, set up a slack line, like between two trees where you can try and balance on the, on the uh, line, on the rope. And um, the council had seen that what was going on and security came and asked us to remove it, which is not a problem at all. But they were so apologetic, the security guards. Hey, I don't know if this is you or not. We're really sorry. We don't know why they've asked us to, ask, asked us, to ask you to take it down. We're, we're really sorry. And I just imagine that's what the disciples were doing. I'm, I'm really sorry. Could I just get you, in, just into groups, 50 or 100? That's random. I don't know why, but just, could you just, but I don't know why. Jesus said, look, let's just go with it. We don't know why. Find a more comfortable place just in, they would have been embarrassed, like not knowing, not trusting that anything good was going to come of this moving of people around. And then we see the second miracle, the second provision. Jesus takes the small amount. He looks to heaven. He trusts God with it and he starts breaking it into pieces and handing it out. And he just keeps going. And he keeps going and he keeps going and he keeps going. And I love verse 42. Verse, the verse numbers aren't on the screen there. And verse numbers were added later. Mark didn't put the verse numbers in. It was just a reference thing added hundreds of years later. But whoever added the references in decided that we needed verse 42 as a standalone verse, easy to pick out at any moment. Verse 42 is the words, they all ate as much as they wanted. Amen. That's a handy verse to have. My idea of a good meal on Monday night, the pastoral leaders put on a meal for the pastoral leaders and staff and spouses at uh, Glenn and Hannah Maskell's place, provided so much food. We all ate as much as we wanted. Had a wonderful time together. I don't know how many baskets of food were left over, um, but it it was a great time together. We all were fed. And on that day, 5,000 men and their families were fed. And there was more food at the end than they started with. Let's just pause for a minute with childlike wonder at this. This is a story you could make up. You could write this story about a guy who's long since died and disappeared. There's this guy, Jesus, once. You know, one time on the side of a a hill along a beach, Jesus made enough food for 5,000 people and their families. You could make up that story if you wanted to. Like, God, did you know my great-great-great-grandfather one time in England, he did this because there's no one to verify it. Oh, sure he did. <laughs> right. But remember how many people are there that day. And Mark's gospel and the other gospels were written either by people who saw it themselves or people who had investigated it and asked the questions of people who'd saw it themselves. And the word was out. The, the stories, the written versions were out before all those people had died. They could have been fact-checked. They would have been cancelled if it wasn't true, if they were adding things or making things up. According to all the people that were there that day, this happened. 
Jesus provided enough food for thousands of people from five small bread rolls and two small fish. Wow. Wow. Jesus provided enough food for all of those people just with this. Now, I wonder what you need today. I'd settle for a good meal, might be your answer. I'd settle for my stomach being full, but I wonder what it is that you need today. And I wonder if you could put a number to it or a value to it or a name to it, whether it's food or money or a job or a house or a washing machine. I wonder what it is that you need today. The crowd on the beach that day needed enough food for 5,000 people. And all they had was this. And years later, the Apostle Paul, who wasn't there that day, he wrote a letter to the Philippian church. It's in the New Testament. And in chapter 4 of Philippians, Paul talks through different times in his life. He says, I've been through times where I have had plenty, times of abundance. I've had way more than I needed. And I've been through times like that in my life. I've had times of having more than I needed. And then Paul says, there's also been times when I've really struggled, times I have, have lacked times I've really wanted for more, times I've gone hungry. And I've been through those times in my life as well. Then he says, at the time of writing this letter in verse, uh, chapter 4, coming down to verse 19, he says, at this time I have everything that I need. All these other people you have provided for me, you've cared for me, and I have everything I need from your generosity. And then he says in verse 19, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. That's an incredibly powerful truth to hold on to. Paul knew that it was true because he'd lived long enough to experience having plenty and not having plenty. And at that time, kind of being right in the middle and saying he had enough. And, and I'm not as old as Paul was at that time, I don't think, but I've lived long enough to experience the extremes and the highs and lows as well, to be able to say that the same God who took care of Paul will take care of me, will supply all my needs according to or out of his glorious riches, which have been given to me and given to you in and through Christ Jesus. So, what do you need? Is it late in the afternoon and things are looking desperate? Are you in a remote place and things are looking hopeless? It's okay to ask Jesus for the things that you need. The disciples asked on behalf of the people, but each of them could have asked as well. It's okay to come to Jesus, to wait for Jesus for the things that you need. Because he's proven that he cares and he's proven that he can provide. And he wants us to run to him, to beat him to the beach. He wants us to sit and to listen to him and to, to be desperate for him like sheep without a shepherd. Because he has more than enough to provide for what we need. Now just... A quick tangent before we bring it home personally. When it comes to our church, um, the pastoral leaders and I are overdue in reporting back to you what God has been doing for our church financially. 
you know, early February, we had the church family meeting and talked about there being a gap and there being need and there being some tough decisions ahead. But our sense was to wait, to present the need for each of us to ask God how we should respond and then to trust him and to wait and see for two months. And those two months have now passed. And so we're just slightly overdue in reporting back about that, but we will, because now is the time to share where we're up to or share in a whole bunch of detail this week by email. But the quick answer just for the message today is that God has provided in many ways that we couldn't have seen coming, that we couldn't have planned for ourselves, that we'll tell you about. But also there are still gaps. There are still big enough gaps that we don't know how we'll go for the rest of the year and we aren't sure what to do with that. And we're still a couple of weeks away from kind of a final decision, but we want to bring you up to speed with all of the amazing stories and the detail that we will. But there are still gaps that we don't know what to do with. There are still, there's still this, this amount, but this much need, and we're not sure what to do about that. So our eyes have to remain on Jesus and his glorious riches. But let's finish on a more personal note. When it comes to what we need, when it comes to what I need, I know that I am addicted to more. I I want more. I want more than what I have. I also want more than I had before. And I, I want more, bigger, better, faster, cleaner, shinier, newer. I I want more. That's the way that I'm naturally wired. But I don't need more. I need enough. And I know, because I've lived long enough, that I've always had enough. And I trust God that I will always have enough. And I believe in faith from what Paul wrote and what Jesus did and from my life experience that you will always have enough, that God will provide what you need today and tomorrow. And even in the times when it feels like we don't, even on the times when it feels like we don't have what we need and we don't have what we want, we can always rely on the most important thing, the first thing, the first miraculous provision, every word that comes from the mouth of God, the words of Jesus and the voice of the Holy Spirit. So one last time, if you've been on the edge today, if you've been wondering about reacting in some some way, doing something that's out of character for you, doing something that your friends, if they knew you were thinking about this, would counsel you against it, doing something that maybe some friends have already counseled you against doing. Can I just encourage you today, when we finish, eat, eat your fill of biscuits, by the way, but that won't be enough. You won't be able to apply verse 42 and, and have everything you wanted from the biscuits. But go home, eat a big meal until you're full. Go to bed earlier than you normally would. And when you wake up in the morning, fill your eyes, your ears, your head, your thoughts with the words of Jesus. And also pause in the stillness and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what it means to follow Jesus today, no matter how hard it is. Because this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Let's pause and pray.
Jesus, I thank you for the, the evidence, the testimony of this Jesus story. This time that you miraculously provided what people need. And we thank you for the Apostle Paul and his life experience and the truth he left with us to hold on to. And we thank you for our own experience as well, that we can look back and say we haven't always had what we wanted. We haven't always had what we sought after. We haven't always had more, but we have always had enough. And Jesus, I'm keenly aware this morning that that for some people, they're, they're barely holding on to hope to have what they need today. My words aren't enough, but I know that yours are and they can be. So just in the next few moments, Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to speak to our hearts. Reminds us, remind us of the very words of Jesus and also speak to us about our lives. What do you have to say to, to me, to each of us today? Would you give us the courage to trust you? The courage to get organized in the groups of 50 or 100, even if it seems crazy. And to look and wait for your provision. The encouragement and wisdom and life that come from your words. And the hope and the sustenance and the enough that come from your provision.